one. Let's go. Let's go. You're about to experience action like you've never heard it before. Action sports, celebrities, badasses, and massive interviews. All coming to you from the Polaris Razor Studio. This is Jim Beaver's Project Action. Exclusively on Podcast One. Welcome to Project Action on Podcast One. I'm your host, Jim Beaver, and uh, we got a big, big interview today. Good friend of mine, Lindsay Brewer, uh, Instagram model and influencer, almost 2 million social media followers, but she's also a pro race car driver. Yes, uh, pro race car driver first, Instagram model second, but she is a stellar guest. Stoked to have her on the show. She is going to be uh, getting down and dirty and uh, locked and loaded here on Project Action Great, uh, great guest to have this week. So, uh, yeah, you guys are going to enjoy that one. I am at Jim Beaver 15. For those of you uh, just discovering the show, give me a follow on social media. Head over to Apple Podcasts. Smash the subscribe button. I've also got another show, the Down and Dirty Radio Show. Check that one out as well on Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, both shows all over the place. Uh, I think you'll enjoy them both. The other one, definitely motorsports oriented. This one, eh, it's a little bit of everything. You never know what uh, what we're going to have or who we're going to have on the show. But, uh, yeah, we are going to jump into that interview. I am headed out to Supercross. So, uh, yeah, any of those of you going to be at Supercross in Dallas, hit me up on social. Let me know. Love to meet up with you. I'll also be at the Bristol Dirt Track or uh, Bristol Motor Speedway that they've covered in dirt for uh, some modified nationals. So if you're going to be out at the Bristol Motor Speedway uh, covered in dirt, hit me up. Love to uh, meet you guys up as well. Um, but uh, before we jump into that, got to tell you about uh, one of our amazing partners in the show, our good friends at Geico. Been with us since day one. Do you own or rent your home? Well, I'm sure you do. And it can be hard work, but you know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you ought to have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. And uh, we've also got some uh, personal sponsor of mine, my good friends at Manscaped. Yeah, you need some help below the waist? Ah, most dudes do, even if they don't want to admit it. Manscaped can help you out. And please go over to manscaped.com, use the code Jim Beaver. That's going to get you uh, 20% off plus free shipping. That's Jim Beaver, 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. With that, I am going to uh, jump into this interview with my good friend, Lindsey Brewer. I'd like to welcome one of my guests to the show this week, uh, Lindsay Brewer, who uh, I've uh, been aware of for quite some time, but uh, stoked to have you on the show because uh, you are finally back to racing race cars, so that's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. I- I'm so excited. I'm finally back racing. It's been awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, we've got a lot to talk about, and, you know, I, I guess my first question, this will be my lead-in, and I kind of want to go back to start and how you got racing, and we'll go to present day, but... You took a massive amount of time off in the, you know, right as your career is getting started. You went to college. You did the smart thing. I, I give you a lot of credit for that. <laughs> um, you've got your backup plan. You go and you get a degree from, uh, you know, San Diego State University, business degree. But, you know, how was that? Because a lot of people, you you know, you're in your prime. You know, it's just kind of people are starting to recognize you. You're winning these races then it's like, boom, let's pause things. Let's go to college. Let's do the right thing. And now you've graduated. You're coming back to racing. I mean, how hard was that to take that window of time off and now try and re-kickstart things, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was definitely difficult. Um, you know, I started racing when I was 12, raced in high school, was really starting to win some races at the beginning of my college career. And 
yeah, it was really difficult to kind of take that break, but you know, my parents wanted me to do that. They know I loved racing, but they always told me how important it was to get my college degree. So, you know, I, I was planning on racing and going to college, but things just got a little too crazy. I wasn't able to, um, you know, getting sponsorship is the hardest part about racing. It's, it takes a lot of money. So I wasn't able to attend races and get my face and name out there in order to get sponsors because I don't come from a family background of racing. Um, so I think the hardest part for me was just the fact I was so busy in school. I wasn't able to get sponsors. It was definitely a challenge, uh, to take that break, but you know, I, I feel like everything happens for a reason and I'm happy to be back now in this time of my life. And yeah, I'm ready to go. So it's, it's all good. Yeah. Well, and I guess during this time in college, like we should mention, like, you know, you, you were a racer before any of the Instagram or any of this social media fame <laughs> yeah. happened, right? So you stop racing, and I'm sure you yeah. had a social following before college. But you go to college, and then all of a sudden, now coming out of college, you've got 2 million social media followers. So I, I got to think, like, <laughs> that's definitely benefiting you now with the sponsorship conversation because you and I both know my personal racing career, I go into a meeting, you know, they don't even – it's not so much looking at your – they do look at your record. They look at how good you are, but they want to see that social media number first and foremost to know, hey, you know, we're going to get substance out of this person whether they win or lose, you know. And I think a lot of people kind of kind of forget now that the, that actually factors into it. They're determined that on ROI. So I got to think with you now, it's actually – I don't want to say easy because it's not an easy business proposition, so yeah. sponsorship. But maybe it cracks the door open just a little bit more because yours is so big now. Yeah, definitely. I, 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 like I said, everything happens for a reason. So I, I went into college with about 10,000 followers, which is actually, you know, for a kid in high school, that was a lot, especially yeah. back in 2014, 2015. So I, I did get that from my, my racing. And then it just exponentially blew up. You know, I went to school at San Diego State in a sorority. We were at the beach taking photos. So I felt like, um, yeah, I definitely grew my following for, you know, the modeling, the bikini, all that stuff. And it has helped. I've been able to amass a large following. I, I definitely agree. It has helped um, catch the eye of brands and catch the eye um, of sponsors. So that's definitely, like you said, very beneficial. And, you know, the, the most difficult part I would have to say would be that people um, have gotten to know me for that side of me and not for racing because I did take such a large break. And so then all of a sudden when I started getting back into racing, they're like, who is this poser pretending to be a race car driver? Like, who is this random model, like Insta model trying to, you know, be a race car driver. And I was always known, you know, back in high school as being Lindsay Brewer, the, the race car driver, not Lindsay Brewer, the Instagram model. So it kind of gets a little confusing there. And I, and I still do love modeling. I still love being in my bikini. So I, it's, it's kind of a balance there on my social media. I, I feel like I definitely have to be a little more serious now. And yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited. I think it definitely uh, has helped having my social media following for all this. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and when those questions come, I mean, I got to think like, you know, I, I'm an agent for some athletes. I see what happens, uh, you know, and, and one of them happens to be a female and I see some of the stuff that comes across through DMs and, and, you know, and, and I've got <laughs> friends and they, and I, I, like, to me, it blows my mind, like that, that men would send stuff like this and women, like they attack other women. And it's like, it blows my mind, but yeah, I got to, th- yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I, I got to think like you, you, you've developed some thick skin because of it, you know, and, and you brush it off. But I, I got a feeling like they can attack you on certain things. You're like, oh, whatever. But they attack you as a race car driver. It's like, it's on. No, like, yeah, yes, like, exactly. Yeah. It's like that. That's, yeah, exactly. that's a sacred cow. You don't, you don't call me out on my racing skills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly i don't mind when people are like oh like they they 
critique my looks or whatever, all that. But when you attack, you know, racing and stuff like that, it does hit you a little harder, but I have developed a very thick skin and I've always known I'm very good at that. So I, I always think I'm like any sane, normal person would just never get on someone else's random Instagram and comment things like that. Like yeah. no one I know that's normal would ever do that. So I, I don't really take it seriously. I'm like, okay, you have to be a weirdo to be able to do that. Yeah, they, they're, they're struggling with things. But let, <laughs> let, let's go back to the start because I want to know, like you you'd said, your family didn't come from racing. Um, you know, it, you know, so this is kind of, it was all new to you. How did you get bit by the racing bug at such a young age with your family? Not necessarily, you know, your dad wasn't a race car driver, things like that. Like how, how did you get bit by the bug and, and get into this crazy vortex of motorsports? Yeah. I mean, it definitely is a bug. Honestly, it's so addicting. Uh, I got into racing. I went to a go-kart track when I was 11, um, for a birthday party, you know, one of those outdoor ones that everyone has birthday parties at. And I grew up snowmobiling, four-wheeling. I'm from Colorado, so I always, my family always loved toys, you know, boating, yeah. four-wheeling, snowmobiling, jet ski, all that. So I grew up doing that. And so when I went to this birthday party, I was like, wow, these go-karts are so much fun. And I saw the ones that you can own that are quicker, you know, like Mini Max, it was called at the time, in Rotax. Yeah. Um, so I asked the kid, I was like, oh, can I... Uh, can I drive that car? And the dad let me drive it and I ended up being quicker than he was. So <laughs> that's when they knew they're like, okay, she actually has some talent in this. And you know, um, the track owner's like, you need to buy her a car. Like she actually can do this. So my dad ended up getting me a cart, and I did my first racing series when I was 12 and I won the regional championship my first year. So that's when we really knew we're like, okay, I can really do something with this. Um, I raced in mini max and then Rotax junior, which is still the single speed, Rotax and then I moved up to shifter cards when I was around 15 and that was my favorite type of carding it is so intense it was I did a lot of the Scusa series and it was so much fun it's a whole different animal than Rotax and so I think I learned a lot of driving skill and um, racecraft there and then I started testing you know doing open wheel stuff USF 2000 Formula 4 then I started racing some legend cars my freshman year and that's kind of yeah the beginning of it all yeah so fast forward now you come back and obviously what you're doing now is complete different discipline than when you let off I mean how's that transition been into doing the touring car stuff and things like that yeah I mean I'm I'm so used to open wheel cars and um I raced in the Celine Cup in 2019 which is a rear wheel drive sports car I've tested in GT4 which is rear wheel drive so it was a completely different animal getting into these touring cars. I'm in a Honda Civic Type R, so it's front-wheel drive. And so the driving style is completely different. You know, when you get oversteer and the rear end of your car is going out, you're not supposed to add a bunch of throttle because that will just upset the car even more. But um, in these front-wheel drives, you can because it's front-wheel drive and it can just pull you out of that um, situation kind of. So it's been it's been a struggle, and it's a full manual, so I'm out there uh, shifting gears and there's a lot to think about, and I'm used to, you know, paddle shifter or in my go-kart. It's just a sequential uh, clutch to start. So it's, it's definitely been a lot of fun. It's definitely been a different animal to tackle, but I, I think, you know, I've adapted to it well, and I'm excited for this year because it just I, – I really do like the cars. Yeah, and well, I think what out of the box you took a top ten. I know, like, some of your practice lap times are top three-ish. Uh, you know, you got to feel pretty, pretty happy with your first result coming out of, uh, you know, kind of a, a three- to four-year layoff, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a little rusty. Um, my race craft wasn't where it should be, and I was kind of beating myself up about that because I usually that's usually a strong point with me, and I think that's going to happen to anyone who takes a few years off. But, yeah, the lap times were there. The pace is good. No one can deny, like, that the talent is there, you know, not to toot my horn, but, like, it just takes practice, and, and race craft takes practice and experience. So, I'm really excited. Uh, yeah, this, this previous race, you know, t- I'm happy with sixth place, top 10 finish, but I am looking to podium this year. I'm looking to win races. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing that, and I think we can. We have the car. The team's great. Skip Barber Racing and Clubhouse, they, they, they've done an awesome job, so I think we definitely can do it. Yeah, well, and you get to uh, – this year I was looking kind of at your schedule. You get to hit some of, the, like, the most iconic venues in the country. That, that's kind of rad. I mean, not a lot of people get to race where you're going to race this year. <laughs> I know. I think I'm mostly excited for Circuit of the Americas, and I, I've been practicing. That's the track I've been practicing on um, the past few months. That's kind of a, a track that Skip Barber is based out of. And I every time I'm on that track, I feel like a Formula One driver because it's <laughs> the only one in the U.S. they run on. And I'm like, woo, especially when I'm driving the open-wheel cars they have. I'm like, I'm a Formula One driver. <laughs> so fu- so much fun. But, yeah, the tracks are awesome, and it's really cool to run along SRO and see the GT cars and see where I can uh, go to, you know? Yeah, you, you do anything, uh, you know, I know obviously iRacing and the sim sim rigs and stuff like that have become really popular. I mean, I've got a big investment over there, but have you done anything in the sim space to, you know, in between races, things like that? So I just got my simulator, um, my first simulator from Sparco. I'm so excited. It's a, it's a great sim and I'm setting it up right now uh, and I'm setting up iRacing. So I will be on iRacing and I will be doing a lot of sim driving in between races. Cause I think that does make a big difference too, especially getting to know the tracks I'm going to be on that I haven't driven before. So I'm really excited to work on that. Yeah. Awesome. I'll, off the air. I'll have to send you, we've got a discord group for my team, but it's got guys like Chad Reed and Pastrana and uh, you know, and Ed Carpenter and um, you know, it's got some real yeah. world racers in there, but we got this community and we all talk trash and they, you know, give each other pointers, stuff like that. So I'll, <laughs> I'll, there's like 50 of us in there, but I'll send you an invite too once you get everything set up so you can go in there and just start talking trash yes. with everybody. The funny thing is I have to practice on the same cause it's like, I, for some reason, um, I get a little nauseous sometimes on the simulator and it's, and so I need to practice and before I race against the, the big dogs, I, I definitely am interested. Send me that. Yes. Yeah. Do you have, uh, do you have, uh, are you doing screens or are you doing the full like VR headset? I can't do the VR stuff like that. Gets I do, me all crazy. No, I can't do I can't do it. I do the screens. Um, I'm getting used to it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a lot different for me, the feeling of driving it than a car, even the nicest one I've been on, you know, it's just, but it, it does help learn the track and stuff, but it does make you a little nauseous. I've noticed. <laughs> You've got the barf back next to the, next to the, I know just next to me. I'm like, all right, I'm oh ready. I'm gosh. ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's you need to put a GoPro over the top of things just because it'd be, I don't know. This is a story for another day. We're going down a rabbit hole. We probably shouldn't go down, but yeah, that'd be funny. Uh, you want to go viral on social media? There you go. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Oh, man. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously, you know, obviously you're racing. Uh, we got some races coming up. I, I do want to go back kind of to talking about the social media thing because I'm looking at, like, your sponsors, obviously yeah. Clubhouse. You know, they're, you know, a big partner in your program, things like that. But I, I got to think with your social following, it, it's kind of dynamic where, like, you know, I've got 60,000 followers on Instagram. Mine are largely endemic motorsports people, right? 
Yours are yes, non-endemics. Yes. You know, you you do have people like me who follow you because of the racing and things like yeah, that. Yeah, of but course. But I got to think that, you know, this actually benefits you when you go to pitch, say, a sponsor outside of uh, the endemic. I mean, everybody's going after the tire and the wheel and the oil companies and, you know, the parts yes. companies, things like that. But you can take this and package it to some Fortune 500 company selling something to women through a grocery store or something like that. You know, and I got to think because you're following so different, like that's actually actually going to be a big benefit yes i agree there's there's definitely good and bad to that so yeah like you said it's it's good because i have a wide range of demographics of people and their interests that i'm able to you know pitch that to sponsors and we're able to do that but then on the flip side there's also a lot of people that follow me for the wrong reasons and they're like why don't you post me bikini photos like what is this we don't care you know like i feel like I like the I love the um, racing fans who follow me because I feel like they're actual fans of me, not just my body, I guess, you know, or whatever, the photos. I feel like the racing fans actually genuinely care about what I'm doing. And so, it, yeah, there is a flip side of both. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate all the people who follow me. Yeah. So that being said, obviously, uh, you know, you're spending this year in touring cars. I mean, what, I guess, you know, you've got to have in your head, you know, kind of the ladder you would like to see your career progress. I mean, what, uh, uh, you know, how do you see things going here? I know, you know, I, I've read stuff where ultimately you'd love to be an IndyCar at some point. I mean, what, what's, the, what's the ladder you've got in your mind in a perfect world if the right sponsor came in to help you fund this deal? Where, you know, where are you heading? Yeah, um, so I, like you said, the ultimate goal is probably IndyCar because I've always, I've always dreamed of that. I think it's a great program. Um, I think my dream ladder, I definitely want to get some racecraft experience in the lower series before I just jump in and, you know, I, I want to do well and I want to win races when I'm there. So I think doing this year, touring cars, doing some um, GT4 experiences, I'm going to be potentially racing some open wheel stuff this year as well. Um, maybe some formula four, maybe some, we'll see, you know, so especially uh, we're going to for sure be testing those. So ideally I can kind of transfer over to the road to Indy side, do, you know, maybe Indy pro 2000. It's I believe, yeah. And then I think Indy car, Indy life and then Indy car. So I think hopefully in a three year progression, I could get to Indy car. If I, if I kind of do some testing and training this year and then transfer over to the Indy ladder series, you know, that, and then, of course, I, I do love sports car racing, so I'd love to be able to do some IMSA stuff, some SRO stuff as well, GT racing. So that's kind of, yeah, IndyCar is definitely, definitely the end goal. I think I want to hop over to the ladder, the Indy ladder in the next year or two. Yeah. Well, and you know, here's, here's a question. You took a few years off and it, it actually may have benefited you. And I know we started the show 10 years ago and uh, when we did, part of it was like, you know, let, let's try and empower some of the amazing talented female in motorsport females in motorsport and and you know i like to think that you know over the last 10 years not just in general the industry has changed there's been a shift going on and i i almost think like you know you taking three or four years off may have actually benefited you because i think the industry now in regards to women and and we shouldn't even be having this conversation yeah we shouldn't even be having this conversation but i feel like it's turned a corner now and i feel like you know women are looked at as equals and i think it's it's been a long time coming but I mean do you feel that way like when you first started out you know when you were 12 13 years old you know you were probably oh there's the girl on the racetrack you know you were like the token girl like what the hell is she doing out there but I mean you feel like now when you're racing like you're treated just like the guys are which is a great thing that's the way it should be yeah exactly you know especially back in the day people would always be like 
oh, you, you, you definitely are the fastest girl on the track. You're the fastest girl on the track. And I'm like, I don't want to be the fastest girl on the track. I want to be the fastest driver on the track. Yeah. And I, people always used to say that to me. And I think now, like you said, in 2021, um, the time we're living in, I mean, it's been a long time coming, but women definitely are looked at more as equals and people are becoming more aware of those conversations. So I think it is a really good place to be in. Um, in this point in my career, I, I think, yeah, I'm definitely taken more seriously as a driver. And I also think, you know, um, a big thing that was an issue, they would always be like, oh, look, she's such a pretty girl. She's such a pretty girl. And now I feel like when I'm at the track, that's not always what people focus on. They focus more, oh, she's actually quick, you know? Yeah, that's... Which is very nice. Yeah, that's always no, nice to be known for being fast, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm, that's what I want. Yeah. So, uh, you know, obviously you got your first round in. What's uh, what's the next, uh, you know, couple of weeks? What's the next month look like for you? What's uh, what's the next race we'll see you at? Yeah, um, so I was very, very busy in January and February training for the first race just because it was my first race. The next few weeks I am actually going to be home in Orange County, which is nice to take a breather. I'm going to be doing a lot of training off the track. I'm going to be doing, spending a lot of time in the gym because it is, it is very physical, as you know. So I'm going to be spending a lot of time in the gym. I'm going to be spending a lot of time in my simulator. I'm going to probably be going out to Coda a couple more times, probably, probably two or three more times before the, my next race, which is May 1st and 2nd at Coda. That's the next SRO, um, CC America race. So I'm just going to be doing a lot of training to better myself. So, next series, yeah. Yeah, that's got to have you excited. I mean, being able to race on quote unquote, I, I don't want to call it your home track, but kind of it's become kind of your home yeah, track. Yeah, okay, like, it has been kind of my home track. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really got to have you excited. Like, it's not, all, I, I know I'm come from the off road side of things and I race, you know, once to twice a year in my hometown here in Parker. And uh, it's it's amazing because I know it like nobody else. And I, you just have that instinctual advantage, even if, you know, it's just yeah, that way. So it's going to have you excited going in there, like knowing like, hey, I got a really good shot at doing well here. Exactly. You know, Sonoma, it was my first time ever driving that track. And it's very technical, especially in these front wheel drive cars. You get so much understeer. So that was a little bit of a challenge. Um, but I'm really excited for Coda because I've done so many laps there now, and uh, I definitely feel a lot more comfortable going into this this race weekend. So I'm really excited. Awesome. Well, Lindsay, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, pop onto the show. I know you're busy, but uh, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely fun times. And uh, I don't know, I, I'll be watching this space, and uh, hopefully, after your first big podium, we can uh, snag you back on the back on the show. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I, I hope so. I hope I can snag that podium and come back here. <laughs> and that's all I got this week for Project Action on Podcast One. Thank you guys for the continued support. Once again, head over to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button. I'm Jim Beaver 15 on social media. And uh, reminding you, if you own or rent your home, well, I know you do, and it's hard work. But you know what's easily? easy bundling policies with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy it's a good thing too because you gonna have so much to do around your home go to geico.com get a quote see how much you could save it's geico easy visit geico.com today that's geico.com and i also got my personal sponsor or partner manscape go to manscape.com Use the coupon code Jim Beaver, 20% off plus free shipping. That's Jim Beaver, 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. And with that, I'm signing off this week. I'm headed out to Supercross in Texas. We'll see you next time right here on Project Action on Podcast One. 
This is Denny Somak, host of The Rock Podcast. I'm a producer, author, and rock historian, and I want to share with you some of the greatest stories in rock and roll. Well, Bonzo was the best hard rock drummer ever, hands down. I mean, no one comes within a mile of him. And I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. John Lennon had this wise guy look on his face, just like me and my friends were just a bunch of wise guys, street kids. The first guitar I ever had was um, Spanish guitar, and I couldn't really get the hang of it. I was only 13. I had never written a song before, actually, and uh, so Jim says, okay, everybody go home and write some songs, you know. And so I went, went home and wrote Light My Fire. Join me. For The Rock Podcast, the only podcast that matters. From Podcast One or wherever you get yours.